Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Savannah Foster, and this is Savannah Gets the Scoop, where I interview your favorite people in sports and get them to answer some of our burning questions like, what's your favorite sushi roll? And what are you currently binging on Netflix? Let's get to it. Hi, everybody. I want to welcome a very special guest today, Mike Wilhoyt. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. We're just talking about... We were just talking a little bit before, you know, so we started recording here. I'm so excited to connect with you for a lot of different reasons. But for those of you who don't know, Mike just recently moved back to the West Coast and is coaching for the Chargers now. So in my neck of the woods, and I'm so excited to have you out here. Man, I'm, 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 I feel blessed. Yeah, we should have connected a lot sooner, but you know, kids and life and you moved across the country and you got a lot going on too. So <laughs> I'm excited to catch up on a lot of different levels. Yes. I mean, we we're busy. And um, the beauty in that is we like to be busy and we know each other well enough that I know you want to be busy and you know, I want to be busy and um, that that's what makes us happy. So, you know, sometimes busy gets in the, in the way and um you know that's that's but that's you know um that's just who we are I mean what can we say yeah exactly I mean that's why we're so special right (laughs) yeah I hope so (laughs) no so you know I say it a lot but I really do feel like you and I kind of grew up together in a sense you know starting you know young in our careers and then you know moving on to other positions and you know you of course went from a player client of athletes first now you're a coaching client um in a coach going from a player to a coach what has that been like for you kind of seeing the different side of the game um I would say for me it's just more so you know when you when you're a player you conduct yourself in a certain way and um you can get away with a lot more you can say different things um you can you can you know, I feel like honestly, when I became a coach, I learned how to be a professional <clears throat> and I'm still learning it to this day. And I'm, I'm always eyes open to not just how do the X and O's go or not just how to relate to this player, communicate with this player, but how to communicate with my coaches and how to, um, you know, how to communicate efficiently and effectively with them to where they understand me and I understand them, and then how to carry myself, how to dress, um, you know, you know, learning certain things in the building, who who to talk to about certain things and just, you know, all those little things I feel like as a, as a coach are different than as a player. As a player, all I got to do is go out there and perform. And if I perform at a high level, all the rest of the stuff I really do, as long as I'm a professional to a certain point, I'm okay. Whereas yeah. a coach, is, it's, it's, it's a thin line. Yep. Yep. So you kind of got your feet under you in your coaching life uh, with the Saints. What did you learn there that you kind of t- have taken with you to your new role? Um, a lot. You know, they won a lot of games there. And Sean Payton is is um, a very good coach, a very talented person. 
and he attracts, I think, those kind of people and, and hires and brings in those kind of people. I think that he's he's built the organization that does that. And so you got people like Dennis Allen, like Pete Carmichael, like Joe Lombardi, who came here, like Aaron Glenn, like Darren, you know, there's Ryan, there's so many names I could say there that when I was there, it just felt like you were around the best football mind you've ever been around. And people that knew how to communicate with players, knew how to motivate them. They were detailed to the T. And I think that all those little details, all that organization, um, all that knowledge, I think everything, you know, when I was there, I felt like I was just recording. I just had my, my, my recorder on and I was recording everything I've seen and I was writing it down good, bad, and different. And I just felt like I could learn from everything. And, um, you know, that's that's what I'm going to just try to apply everything I've seen, everything I heard to the situation I'm in now. Yeah. So what is your situation like now, obviously, in sunny California? You're not new to California. For those of you who don't know, Mike spent, was it five or six years up in yep, the Bay sure, Area, yep. six years in the Bay yep. Area with the Niners? Uh, so it's, you know, I mean, kind of a similar situation down here in Southern California with the nice weather and everything. But can you speak to kind of what it's been like so far being out here in that role? Yeah, um, you know, one, the quality of life is amazing. It, it's different than the Bay, and the Bay is a little cooler in a lot of places. When I was there, um, my focus was different. My mind was different. It was just football all day. You know, I'm training all day, whereas I get here, and I love to be outside, and I love to be working out, but I'm not training anymore. So instead of training, I'm riding my bike, you know, around Santiago Canyon or Laguna Canyon or um, – you know, going for a run or something like that. And out here it's built to be outside. Like, I feel like if you're not outside, you're doing something wrong. Like you should be at the beach or you should be at the park. And my kids love to do that. And my wife is down to do whatever. So we do that, you know, so that part is awesome. And in terms of football, you know, it's just, you know, for me, it's, it's just what I love to do, you know, and, and having my handprint on the linebackers now where I really control the situation and I can do things the way I wanted to or the way I see them or, you know, it, um, it is a blessing. And, and for me, it, it came so fast. It's like, man, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. And I just I can't wait to capitalize on opportunity. Yeah. When you touched on it, too, your beautiful family, what have, how's it been having them in California with you so far? You know, you mentioned, obviously, the lifestyle, but are they just soaking it up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great because my wife, she's from the Bay Area. So for us, that flight from New Orleans to the to the Bay was tough, you know, and tough on her family if they wanted to come out to visit us. Where this is a drive away, you know, they'll drive down here, which they've done. They'll fly down here, which they've done. And it's, e and it's an easy commute, you know, it's a much easier commute when she's taking my one-year-old son and my four-year-old daughter who, you know, you know what that life is like. Oh, so yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it makes it, it makes it totally different. Yeah. How, so your son, I, I think he's right around the same age as Romy. When was he born? February 12th. Yeah. So we're March 25th. I know we talked about doing a, a date at Baby Beach not too long ago. We got to get that back yeah. on the books. <laughs> yes. We we went to uh one weekend we went to Mother's Beach up in uh Long Beach and and um you know uh I like one thing I like about out here is the action. You know, yeah. I li I like the waves and I like people and I like people watching and I like you know hearing the waves and kind of just vibing with with the whole crowd and the situation. So um we've enjoyed like Newport Beach and Laguna Beach and just being out there on the beach and just with the 10 and watching the people walk by, you know? 
Yeah. Well, and how is that, how is that different from growing up in Kansas? You know, I mean, I'm I'm from Kentucky, of course, and similar situations with being landlocked and that sort of thing. How, how has that been different for you? Um, in every way, (laughs) you know, but I was, but you know, I was in different places in life then, you know, when I was in Kansas, I was, I was a college kid or a high school kid. Um, and you know, when I go back now, like there's certain things I appreciate about it. And I tell people all the time, like, it's not that California is worse or better or, or vice versa to me. It's just different. It's just different cultures. And there's things you appreciate in Kansas. Like you appreciate a thunderstorm every once in a while. Yeah. You know, you appreciate the snow, you know, once in a while. You appreciate, you know, these different elements once in a while. You appreciate that the traffic isn't so bad. You appreciate that people don't drive so fast. You know, you appreciate different things, you know. And whereas here, you know, you get here and it's like you just open your eyes and you see mountains and water and 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 sand and, and you got good weather every day. It's just so that, to me, it's just different. And I appreciate things in both when I'm in Kansas I'm seeing family so I'm at home and I'm comfortable you know I'm seeing people that I can open my arms to and you know I I trust and you know um so it's just it's just you know it's different but both are both are equally to me um a blessing to to be a have had the opportunity to live there yeah and still home no how is your mom by the way the sweetest lady ever Oh man, she's good. She's when I tell her that we did a podcast, she's gonna be so excited. She's gonna listen immediately. <laughs> she better tune in, subscribe. <laughs> she will. She Is will. She, trust. Me. Does she love being a grandma or what? Yeah, she does. And you know, it's hard for her because we're out here in California, and right. and and we're moving around, and we're just not with her or by her. And she comes out <clears throat> as much as possible. And, and you know, you know, she got a job just like everybody else, and got responsibilities and. You know, but she comes out and she sees them. But at the same time, you know, it's just hard. Whereas, you know, I think she'd always hoped or, you know, that I would live in Kansas and I'd be a drive down the street or where, you know, she could help raise them. And and, you know, that's just not the situation we were we were given. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the situation we in. So I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't trade it. Right. And, you know, it's switching gears a little bit. I kind of did a little research before I spoke with you again today, since it has been so long since we connected. And I saw somewhere that you played six different positions in high school. Is that true? Yes. And I'm glad you said it right. I'm glad you said it right. Because some people say in college. <laughs> no. And I'm glad you said it right. How is that possible, though? I, I don't think I've ever noticed that on anybody's stats ever in life. Like, how is that even a possibility? Um, well, you know what it was. Honestly, I was a starting quarterback and um, we had lost some games and they subbed me out. Well, when they subbed me out, they felt like, you know, well, he's too good of an athlete to to not play. So they moved me to receiver. So I play receiver, then they move me, then certain plays I play tight end, there's certain plays I play running back, there's certain plays I play safety on defense. And it was just kind of like, you know, how can we involve this guy? Um, how can we get the ball in his hands in, in a different manner than him throwing it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. that's really what it was. I'm, I'm just glad you got it right because. Um, so, so many people say in college, and I know some of my college teammates be like, man, why he keep lying? And it, it ain't me. It ain't me. I've, it's always been high school out of my mouth. But, you know, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's how it really happened. 
That's so interesting to me. And then, of course, you did not get drafted out of college, but then you went on to play in the UFL. What was that like? That was a really dope experience, um, honestly, because uh, the people I connected with on that team with the Omaha Nighthawks were, were great people. Um, you know, at that time, I had really gotten deep into my faith and, and was deep into the Bible and really reading the word every day and spending time in it and um, and was just really just starting and growing. And there was a lot of people there that had kind of went down that same tunnel and kind of went down that same, you know, path of, of, of being hungry and searching for the word and searching for their faith and their purpose. And so it was nice to have that conversation every day with those guys. Um, and then, you know, just the opportunity to do something different than the NFL, you know, um, it gives you perspective. It, it humbled me. It, it pushed me. It, it motivated me. It, it taught me a lot. And, you know, and, and, you know, guys were telling me things like I remember, I remember um, when our, one of our safeties, uh, he played in the NFL for a while. And he said, he was like, man, when you get, when you get there, um, just know what you're going to see. You're going to see Louis Vuitton bags. You're going to see, cause you know, in the UFL, you didn't see that. You saw regular cars, you saw old cars, you saw old bags. Most of the dudes was getting rides to practice, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was just a different life and, and, and it just opened my eyes. And when I got to the NFL, I was more aware, more aware and a little bit more mindful of, uh, you know, um, getting caught in the wave of, you know, the money and the hype and the fame and, you know, all the things that comes with the NFL. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, went on to play in the NFL after that time. What are some of your memorable experiences from playing with the Niners and even beyond? Man, so many. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind with the Niners is Bubba Ventrone and, and Tony Jaredetti and Dan Scuda and just the relationships that I created there. Um, you know, getting to learn and play with guys like Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis and Deshaun Goldson. You know, as a coach now, a lot of the film I use to teach my guys is that film. I go, I remember exact situations and, and exact times when it happened in games and I go right back to them and I grab them. And, you know, so many of them are, you know, highlight type plays by Navarro Bowman or Deshaun Goldson or Carlos Rogers or Terrell Brown. And it's like, and the guys, and, and, and you know, I use it for, you know, the mindset and the mentality it takes to play with. So, you know, that place gave me a foundation. It, it like taught me how to play football. It taught me what football was supposed to look like, what it was supposed to feel like, how it's supposed to sound, you know. And, and so in my mind, when I think of football, I see it the way I saw it those, you know, five years in San Fran. And really those first four years when we were really good, it's like that's what I see in my head. And, um, you know, so that, that, that experience of San Fran gave me everything – really that I hold really dear to my heart in terms of how football should be and how it should look and feel. Yeah. And how did that, you, you touched on it just a little bit, you know, how did it teach you how to become a man and kind of dedicate your life more to a family? You know, um, I would say, I would say that was more so Tony Jaredetti, you know, um, and that was living with him and, you know, I was the only child growing up. And so 
you know, lack of better words, I grew up a little bit selfish and, and still am to this day. But at, at that time, it was like petty selfish. Like, you know, I wanted all the food, you know, I wasn't sharing my food and I wasn't sharing my, you know, my clothes. I wasn't sharing any anything like this is mine and that's yours and and that's your responsibility so this is mine and with Tony it wasn't like that you know we would go out to eat and he gonna he gonna grab something off my plate without even me without asking looking saying nothing and you know Tony too big to fight so I just had to learn to deal with that you know and and you know he taught me like we we, we would go out to eat or we spend money and I'd be like how much I owe you he'd be like man I ain't, you know like I ain't worried about that like you'll give you'll get it back you'll give me back whenever and so it became a relationship where we never even talked about money. It was just, we trust each other that, you know, I, you got the next one or you got the next one or you'll even this out. And, and it didn't even have to be spoke anymore. And so he just taught me how to open up and be tr- a little bit more trusting and, and um, you know, an understanding of other people, you know, and how they're raised and, and um, being open to that, you know, and I, I really, I put that more on Tony than, than, than any, you know, than anybody else or any, you know, or the, the organization, you know? Yeah. So have you and Tony gotten the kids together? Man, we haven't. Um, so they, well, they have, they have, sorry, they have, uh, but just not enough. You know what I'm saying? Just like yeah. you were saying about us, just not enough, you know? Um, uh here and there like special occasion wedding um you know things like that but just not enough like and and, and you know covid just right. hit you know all these little babies right now are like they're covid babies you know they didn't they didn't get to see as many people as you know all the normal baby you know other years did but um hopefully as time goes and like hopefully as we get settled somewhere we can make that happen i mean we we, we need to you know that's that's like Every time I talk to him, I'm like, man, I should have called you a long time ago. You just made me so much happier. Oh, yeah. No, the best. Okay. What sometime this year or in the near future, we're going to have Tony come out. We're going to do a little beach day. We'll get the kids out there like a little reunion, just like the good old days. Yes. And that should be easy. We should be able to make that happen. Yeah. And I think the best part about it is like no time's passed, you know, like it doesn't matter if we talk every day or every six months or whatever it is, like we still got the same vibes and it's all love over here, you know? No doubt. No doubt. Well, I won't keep you too much longer. And I so appreciate you making the time to talk to me, especially since I've been such a terrible friend. But before you go, we do some rapid fire questions. Okay. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Very important. Okay. Okay. Best rapper of all times. Jay-Z. Favorite TV show? Wire. The Wire. Favorite vacation destination? Zihuatanejo. Wow. Your a favorite <laughs> restaurant? Red Lobster. Your favorite current artist? Uh, who have I listened to the most? Um... I would have to say, uh, man, I was, I want to say Jay-Z again. Um, I mean, I listen. I listen to, I would say probably, uh, oddly, well, I was, I'll say J. Cole. I mean, it's tough. I was going to say Young Thug. You say first thing to come to my mind, I was going to say Young Thug, oddly. Okay. Young Thug, fair enough. All right. And then the yeah. last one. What's one piece of advice for the next generation? 
man, I would say go hard and listen. Like, listen and pay attention. Like, one thing I'm learning as I get older, like, people were telling me the right things. It was just I wasn't listening, you know, or people were telling me the right things and I was listening, you know, and, and it, it made a big difference. And then, you know, just go hard. Like, I just, you know, I seen a commercial the other day and it was talking about holding on to your dreams and stuff like that. And I think that's great. And I think we should all hold on to our dreams. But it's like, let's talk about the working. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody got dreams. But everybody ain't got work at it. Everybody ain't going to get up early in the morning. Everybody ain't doing a podcast at 8.30 at night after they put their kids to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's not going to sacrifice their time. And, and and I feel like that's that's what people re have to reconnect with, is that work ethic and, and uh, the ability to listen and be aware and mindful of the things that are going on around I can't thank you enough. Like I said, I'm honored to be on this show um, with all the people you know, dynamic people you know, and the fact that you thought of me is um, is awesome. And this is it's, it's always good to talk to you. So I appreciate you having me on, Savannah. Of course, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. All right, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.